Hello, my name is Carrie, and this is the Blanky Blog. I'm so glad we found each other. Welcome to Season 2. This is Episode 25. Because of the proximity to Halloween, I thought I should do a Halloween-themed podcast. I even recorded one last week, but when I listened to it, blah, I exclaimed to my sister Barbara that I guess I just don't care that much about Halloween. She called me on that. I don't think you're apathetic, Carrie. You just told me you're researching power drills so you can make a super cool jack-o'-lantern for the little trick-or-treaters. It does sound like you have some mixed emotions about Halloween, though. It's mostly because of my Halloween mommy guilt. I do have some lingering shame about that. Some people are so gifted at coming up with costumes, but that isn't me. Wasn't me, even as a kid. What was the point? My sister and I started to reminisce. We grew up in a city with four seasons. October 1st, it would be gorgeous. October 7th, it was still looking pretty promising. October 30th was crisp but clear. And then, bam, it would rain or snow on Halloween. You could have the coolest costume as a little child, but have to cover it up with coat, boots, hat, mittens... Your other choice was to make or buy a costume big enough to fit around your coat. Lovely. I usually carried the dainty little pumpkin and got it filled with candy. Our brothers would come home with pillowcases filled with treats. They could barely carry them. Did they visit neighboring counties to get that much loot? Did you sort your candy, then swap your candy with your siblings or friends? We had candy negotiations for days and candy hangovers for days. When I think now about how we were destroying our immune systems, but of course I didn't know that then. Oh, 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 I forgot one very important thing. Did you also make sure to hide your candy? Halloween parties were kind of fun. I will sound like I'm a hundred years old when I tell you this, but I promise we bobbed for apples at one party. There was a barrel of water with about six apples. You put your arms behind your back and attempted to grab an apple with your teeth. You got a prize and the apple, of course, for chomping an apple. Just think, all those children slobbering into the same water— even as a 10-year-old, I thought that was unhygienic. Plus, I never got the apple. But I'm not bitter. At least I didn't get my head dunked. I did go to some exciting haunted houses. People can be so creative with fake blood, can't they? We respond differently to ghouls jumping at you in the dark. I would scream my head off, then laugh my head off. When I got older, the guys realized it was a great place to take a date. Oh, save me, save me. I wasn't the worst Halloween mom, I guess. I was always a schoolroom mother, which I considered a great privilege. I got to attend all the Halloween parties, and I remember when our school district renamed them Fall Parties. I guess that was supposed to cut down on the vampires and gore or something. I helped to decorate the classrooms, and I baked lots of cookies and cupcakes, until homemade treats were banned. I escorted children to the pumpkin patch, and that was a great time. 
there's something magical about all that fresh air, a hayrack ride, and kids trying to carry pumpkins larger than their entire bodies. They might have a $2.50 pumpkin allowance, but decide to invest their college savings into a pumpkin that could only be moved with a forklift. I confess to being a boring pumpkin carver. Triangle eyes, triangle nose, maybe triangle ears, and choppy teeth. But this year is going to be different, if I have time to buy that new power drill. My mommy guilt was related to costumes. I consider myself a creative person, but costumes are not my thing, my forte, my strong suit, if you will. After a certain age, nobody wanted to wear a costume you could buy off the discount store rack. My girls did have some adorable outfits, often borrowed from a super crafty mom whose child had outgrown her clown costume, for example. The year they dressed as crayons resulted from a group of moms, greetings, outfit buddies, who thought it would be darling if all the children got together and trick-or-treated in coordinating outfits. They were right. It was so stinking cute. I think I still might have the little yellow crayon suit with matching pointy hat. Give me an idea, and materials, and instructions, and a firm deadline, and I can pull off Halloween. I really blew it one year when I procrastinated too long. I was sewing, using that term loosely, black spots onto the body, tail, and ears ten minutes before my daughter was due to start trick-or-treating. The tidy sewing became safety pins, then I finally stapled on the rest. Voila! An adorable Dalmatian puppy costume with zero minutes to spare. I have apologized to this particular daughter multiple times. It's those overachieving people that make me look bad. I actually admire their creativity, planning, and gumption. I've heard people talk about their costumes in, like, September. I got the fabric, and I found the cutest idea in a magazine. Or we search through pattern books in fabric stores. But now, people get great ideas online. That's terrific. I sure could have used those ideas in the olden days. I am not the only mother with Halloween guilt. The following are true stories. The biggest reason I keep my girls in dance is so they can wear their recital costumes for Halloween. I keep an old bedsheet with holes so that someone can always be a ghost. But one year I misplaced it, so we had to use a white trash bag. I mean, I don't think that was even safe. I put my child in a bathrobe, old-fashioned plastic curlers, and a face mask. The white goo gave her a totally horrible rash because it is not meant to be left on a four-year-old for three hours. And one mom told me, I put my son in his big brother's clothes and told him he was the amazing shrinking boy. They were not even clean clothes. I just grabbed them out of the hamper. Sometimes costumes were multi-purposed from other events. My friend mentioned recitals. One year, I had the trifecta of costume usage. School Americana days, Halloween, and then I insisted they wear them again on Thanksgiving, too. 
We'll be the only people in Halloween costumes on Thanksgiving. Nobody else is going to show up looking like a pilgrim. Why wouldn't you repurpose the perfect outfit in which they looked incredibly cute and which took many hours to sew and, admittedly, I wanted to show off my handiwork? One daughter had a bonnet, the other a mop hat. They had bloomers, aprons, and dresses, of course. I learned something about those three rows of horizontal pleats in the dress sleeves, bodice, and hem. Yes, they were a little bit of a pain to get them parallel. In the little house in the prairie days, those were actually decorative, but they were mostly functional. They are called growth pleats. When the girl gets taller, a growth pleat was let out. This way, the same two or three dresses could be worn for years. I understand that growth pleats are making a comeback. And no, I did not let the growth pleats out and make my daughters wear their same costumes year after year. It's a good idea, though. It was truly wonderful when my daughters became old enough to create their own costumes. Natasha makes a beautiful trill, Star Trek reference, and Elena's chest of drawers was ingenious. The middle drawer slid open to collect treats, and her head stuck out the top behind a blank picture frame. Besides the Prairie Girls, those are two of my favorite of their costumes. Back to my sister. She can't really relate to my costume dilemma. She and her husband come up with costumes that are so funny, they take pictures and put them on their Christmas cards. Tell us about your favorite or lamest costume. Do you have any parental Halloween guilt? Tell your story in comments at the Blanky blog or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening and liking and sharing. Going back to my youthful mixed feelings about Halloween, I was always bothered by the Charlie Brown special on TV. It was an overall sweet story about faith, but I was so sad when Charlie Brown would go trick-or-treating with all the other kids. Maybe it was just my empathy run amok, but he was a harmless kid with a ghost costume with too many holes. The other kids would get candy and be gleeful and delighted, but he would get a rock. A rock? What heartless adult gives any kid a rock? Singles out one well-meaning child to give him a rock. Not acceptable. Hmm. One year I gave out Halloween treats that were probably about as welcome as a rock. I thought it would be a nice antidote to all that sugar. You guessed it. I gave out toothbrushes. But I gave them to all the children. I didn't single anyone out. Did I think they'd be thrilled? Gee, how exciting! I'm going to get to keep my teeth after all! Oh, don't fret. I also gave them organic candy. This year I'm handing out chocolate and fruits and vegetables in gummy form. Kids will like me. Parents will like me. I might even get my decorations on the porch before Halloween is over. Consider yourself tucked in. The cauldron will bubble. It's simmering with trouble. They're coming to take you away. For you can't think of a single disguise. And Halloween is today. 
The children are darling with makeup and feathers, but you can't decide what to be. The pumpkin intact, not an evil grin carved, enough to make you scream. The neighbors are wearing great costumes for scaring, still you're not inspired as you seem. Oh, people, don't judge me. I'll give you some loot and wish you happy Halloween.